Hey guys. You're back. I'm from Connecticut, so the weather here is trash. And like sometimes <laughs> we just lose power. But apparently yeah. it's like really hot in New York today. Like apparently like there was like an amber alert showing. Yeah, it's like 95 degrees out here. All humidity. This will be like our heat wave episode. It's very fitting for summer. <laughs> or like your new your new hit song, like broke. <laughs> Not yes, only broke yes. the weather, broke the internet, broke the power. Yes. So that's, Cal- that's the angle Cal- we're taking. I like it. I like it. I'm California wildfires, all that. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well. Okay. I mean. Let's not. I don't know. <laughs> <That's> not- <laughs> <laughs> that was this is little on you. No, I'm kidding. Okay. Well. Okay. So we're we've been recording, but so I want you guys to introduce both of yourselves to our listeners. All right, cool. Uh, well, I'm Shaheen. I'm a 27-year-old Iranian-American rapper. Uh, I've been doing it for about 11 years now. Like, I started writing lyrics about 11 years ago. Uh, just started on a family car ride up to Vermont. And then um, I wasn't really good at it, but over time, I became good at it. And um, it really wasn't until a few years ago that I really started to take it more seriously and and I became really passionate about Iranian culture at the same time. And um, it, it was sort of like an awareness moment for me. Like when I went to Iran uh, back in 2016, I experienced culture and all these different things and history. And, um, you know, I grew up as an Iranian, but I also grew up like in a very white part of America. So that really like influenced the way I write my lyrics and uh, like some of the things I ex- I experienced growing up as like one of the only Iranians in the state. Right. So um, something like that, like really like inspires me and um, that, 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 that's who I am. That's what I do. No, thank so. you. I always think it's just so cool. Like, wow. An Iranian that felt unique growing up. I think the more I meet people that didn't grow up within a Persian community, I appreciate the pros that I never appreciated before mm-hmm. because I used mm-hmm. to be like, oh, like everyone knows each other. Everyone knows your business. It's mm-hmm. so annoying. But like in a way, it was nice having a community. I have to admit to that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. See, the stage. So um, my artist name is Arla Fendi. Um, I... I made that name quite recently, but um, oh. it has a meaning. Like, it's not just a random. Um, uh, tell name. us about it. We want to hear it. Um, well, okay. I found out that my granddad's last name um, was Esfandiarlu, that then it was like apparently changed. And so then I was like, okay, Esfandiarlu. And I kind of wanted to like create this, um, this other name just to be able to kind of express myself fully. Um, and so then I was like, okay, Esfandi Arlu, Arlu Esfandi, Arla Fandi. And so that's how the name came out. So it's still, you know, in the UK, um, there was this, there was this nonprofit organization called Contact Theatre. And it like changed my life because, you know, I've been, I've been singing and writing songs for like a long time, but I haven't really been able to find, you know, like a community. And so when I went there, it, it was a, it was a it was a organization that was free to kids, I think, 14 to 25 um, with a recording studio, mentors, you know, producers. And you could just go there and just express yourself. And it was it was there so that kids would stay off the streets and stay off of gangs. And, and there's a lot of knife violence in the UK. So that was you know, it was 
an alternative. And it was wonderful because I got to meet some incredible artists. And finally, from there, um, I started doing music a bit more seriously, um, kind of. I met lots of producers who then like started working on some of the songs I had been like writing. And um, through that process, I met Shaheen on Instagram which is like, wow, it's like the new world. But um, it was quite crazy because we met online and we were like talking for like a while. And then when we finally met in LA, it was like, you're real. Uh, <laughs> but um, so that's that's the little artistic journey. Um, I, as an Iranian, right? So um, I immigrated to Brooklyn when I was about 10. So definitely was not around lots of Iranians. I was the only Iranian in my middle school. And I was like, why? At one point in high school, I think someone said to me, I think we've heard enough about Iran. And I was so offended. And I was like, listen, um, it's part of my identity. Like I will talk about Iran, like take it or leave it. And so my friends take it now. <laughs> and um, that's me. Um, and, and now I live here and I, I like to continue making music and I'm happy to be in this creative space with you guys. You guys have a new song coming out this week called Atusa. So tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, so um, I so when it comes to the topic of Iranian women and like nose jobs and stuff like that, it's always been of great interest to me. And I remember like, I wasn't really aware of this stereotype that Iranian girls like to get nose jobs until I went to Mashhad about seven, eight years ago. And we were at some restaurant. Uh, have you guys ever been to Iran? Um, no. Okay. No, so we were at this. Okay. So yeah, we were at this restaurant called, I think it was called Shandis. And I see all of a sudden I see like, um, I see three or four girls come in the restaurant and, you know, they got their face all Botoxed up and their lips all puffed up and then the noses. And, and I, I didn't really say anything about it. Didn't even have an opinion about it. But my cousin was like, Shaheen, like, and, uh, and I'm like, okay, like, what does that mean? And he like tells me like what he thinks it means. And like, and then I find out that like girls do this all the time in Iran. And like, even if they're, even if they already have like tiny noses and everything like to them, it's like a status thing that they have to get a nose job. And like, you know, like a lot of girls, like they'll get their nose jobs and they'll get their tapes on their nose and they'll wear that tape longer than they should, because to them, it's about showing to yeah. people, Hey, I got a nose job. Like I'm better than you. And, yeah. um, I think the equivalent of that, um, um in LA is girls that get a new BMW um I remember one of my cousins told me this that girls in LA they get a new BMW they won't put the plates on for the longest time and they'll just leave the temporary plate <laughs> on the car as like a symbol that it's that new. it's new um right Millie I <laughs> that's think that's so like equivalent to leaving the band-aid on your nose for longer that's than so interesting wow. that's, I always thought it was because they don't want to get like it's easy to get away from a cop or something. That was why I had. No, my, my, I don't know. No, the numbers are still <laughs> okay, on gonna... it. It's just that it's a temporary plate. My, that's what my cousin told me. She said that. The oh, that's a new thing. That it's a temporary. I don't, I have no idea, honestly, what the latest yeah. trends are. With yeah, that's LA what my cousin versions. told me. But yeah, wait, yeah, Shaheen, I really wasn't expecting yeah, that. Like that. 
I wasn't <laughs> expecting this story when I first asked, like, what's what is this sweet song about? And, but yeah, anyway, yeah. So, so interesting. So continue. Yeah, so, I like where this is going. Yeah, yeah. And so I was just like, so over time, like I started to like notice this trend and I would be talking to some like Iranian friends. Yeah, like next summer, my daddy said, like, I can go get a nose job in Iran. It's going to look so cute. It's actually, a, we don't like the way our noses look. Numbers wise, Iran is the nose job capital of the world. It is. It is. Yeah. It really is. Like it, It's, it's I, not just like a... Something that people like, get it too, oh, by the way. Nose jobs. Like, it really is the nose job capital. Yeah, men do it. it, do it. And, and men Carlos do it right. too. Like they're out here, yeah. you know. My dad did it. My my I, dad I got a nose job. I don't know why those like girls that um a lot of girls that get nose jobs, it's not always noticeable, but I feel like every man yeah. that I've seen that had one done, I can always kind of tell. I don't know mm. what it is. Um, well, I can tell maybe the girls it's just like naturally. Maybe it's just that naturally, like men's faces are more masculine no- looking, and then the the nose job they get is like too feminine looking. I don't know what it is, and like I don't know if it's even like shitty to say like feminine looking, masculine looking, whatever. But yeah. I I don't know. With men, I can always tell. No, I hear you. I, I, I have an eye for it. I mean, yeah. they can be non-Persian at this point, and I'm like, yeah, I I, I do the thing. I'm like, I, like, I'm next to my friend, and I'm like. That person? Do you think they got a nose job? Definitely got a nose job. It's like it's like a yeah. radar, you know. Um, but sorry, Wait, remember on. like Us Weekly when they used to do those polls on th- in those tabloid magazines? It should be like real or fake. I don't know, but that would totally not go today. But anyway. Oh <laughs> um, okay, so sorry, you were cutting out, but I think I continue where you left off i think i'll catch oh yeah all good so i i I started to notice that this was kind of a thing in our culture and uh and i didn't i didn't really have the best opinions about it just because i'm like yo why do we like dislike the way we look so much right and what is it about iranians specifically that makes us do that because like you said natalie like the number one in the world right so I, I, mm-hmm. I used to make songs in the past where I was kind of more of a troll about it. And I put out songs like Persian Gold Digger. And uh, there was like another verse I had where I kind of poked fun at it. And as, as much as I do like those verses, I don't think I was really contributing or helping the situation. I think I was just kind of poking fun at it. And at the end of the day, it's like I wanted Iranian girls to feel good about themselves like how they naturally look now if you choose to get a nose job honestly like more power to you i guess like um but i guess like it all to me like when i looked at it i'm like this could have something to do with like how through imperialism and all these different kinds of things that iranian women have been kind of conditioned to think that they're not beautiful and white girls are so in order to be beautiful, you have to look, you have to have white features. Uh, so that's kind of what inspired me to write the song. Plus, like in, in Iran, too, it's like they have the, uh, you know, like they have to wear a hijab, right? Mandatory hijab. So, yeah. And, it, it, and it's like a really complicated issue because, you know, the, if you're covering your hair, the face is really all you have to really express yourself. So I know there's like so many different layers to it and it's really complicated. 
So I con- so I uh, I wanted to really do a song about this. I contacted Arla back in like September, and I'm yeah. like, yo, like because me and Arla had like a lot of conversations in the past about like feminism and all that stuff. So I fe- and I listened to her music before. So I'm like, yo, I think she'd be great for the track. You know, I called her. Um, we wrote the song, but it actually took us like um, a long time to actually get the thing together, and then. And, and yeah, and then if Arla, if you want to tell your side of it, yeah, um, I was I was really excited um, when he asked me. I was like, yes, I'd love to. Like I said, I've been wanting to kind of like get out there more musically, and um, and especially when he was like, because like we've been having lots of like existential political um, conversations, and um, he had me on his podcast where you know we talked about like feminism, and 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 whilst we could have different opinions about certain things, you know, it was a discourse and it was really nice. And so I was really excited to um, be asked to kind of like sing and write about Iranian women. And so we, we like, we, we had lots of chats about where we we're going to like take it. Um, I'm, I'm sure I had so much opinions, <laughs> but um, so we, um, we worked on the song and, and, and we wrote it and kind of through it all my favorite thing about it is that honestly like shine like you know this my favorite thing is that like the song is not like listen to the song and all your problems as an iranian woman is gone <laughs> you know it's not like this song is your savior and i'm your savior as shaheen or arla like be a bad bitch like arla or, or shaheen's gonna save you be your man you know and i think there's a lot of songs out there um and they're fine but um we kind of took it in more direction of like we see you like you have so many intersectional um layered dramas that make up your identity as an Iranian woman, um, whether you live in Iran or you live outside of Iran. And it, it, and obviously like resources, we, we didn't have that much resources, but we decided to pick one actress so talented. Oh my God, literally love her. And, and we I, brought I her on. Say, like, her facial expressions in the video, like I mean, really show you like the pain and like, keep going yeah I was just you know I um I don't know if you know this one I'm like going in a lot of tangents but do you know Sevdaliza the Iranian singer the my, my mom just told me about her she's an icon we love her I love her yeah <laughs> she just had a song need that to get her girl <laughs> if you do you give her my email <laughs> yeah yeah and then obviously <laughs> yeah so no, sorry but- you're saying yeah, no, so she had she had a similar um, concept video, actually, where she had a bunch of women just presented and I and I loved it. And whilst there's so much varieties in Iranian women, we couldn't obviously capture all of it. But we 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 took we took one aspect or one prominent aspect of it that 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 we could highlight. Um, but the song overall is is more kind of a song of um, allyship or a song that like, I see you and um, it's not easy and I'm not gonna pretend like I, I know your struggle, but the bits that I do understand, bitch, we out here and the bits that I don't, like you are strong enough 
and you're good enough to be able to get through it. And so I'm I'm so like proud of this song, Shaheen, and I'm so happy that you asked me and and the amount of <laughs> hour long conversations we had about the concept and like how we were gonna because you know like you don't want to just be like okay one one branded image of like Iranian women you know um and I hope whoever sees the video um can can identify and relate to it as a reaching out hand of bitch you're great and you go through a lot <laughs> so I think yeah, yeah um just the, the first thing I noticed with the song and the lyrics is that it was an empathetic song about Persian women, where, of course, you know, you hear songs by Evie and all these famous singers and they're talking about beautiful Persian women. But it's like, well, what is it? What is that beautiful Persian woman to them? Am I that? I don't know. Mm-hmm. So this mm-hmm. is the first song that I'm hearing that's empathizing and especially for a man Shaheen it's really interesting um I appreciate also that. I oh. feel like um I feel like Persian guys they usually go for especially once they're in America they like run away from Persian girls so was, mm-hmm. I thought it was refreshing mm-hmm. yeah to to see you embracing it and and talk mm-hmm. you know it obviously through yeah. the lyrics shows that you are interested in not only interested in them and attracted to them, but empowering them. Thank you. Um, honestly, like, and, and what you just said, you hit the nail on the head when it talks to like these Persian guys. Um, and I actually wrote another song that I didn't put out yet, but about this, where it's like, the concept is like this Iranian girl starts going out with this Iranian guy. They, they may have hooked up or whatever. The Iranian guy leaves her. She's heartbroken. And then the Iranian guy goes with like a white blonde girl. So now she's looking at herself in the mirror going like, well, what can I change about me? Right. Maybe if I make my hair blonde and again, no disrespect, if that's what you like to do, but like, maybe if I make my hair blonde or maybe if I get like a breast implant to get a nose job, maybe if I, maybe if I look like Stacy, I can win Amir Hossein's heart. Right. So, uh, <laughs> so See, Amir Hossein for me. <laughs> yeah. I know what Amir Hosea is. So on, yeah, the, yeah. on the money. Stacy is a throwback name. Are there any Stacy? Yeah, it's like the <laughs> it's like a classic like white girl name, right? So like so this is like a thing. And then eventually, like at the end, like now she becomes like the like that annoyed, like the you know, like those Persian girls you'd see on Shaws of Sunset. It's like she becomes like one of those types, you know, where now she what like towards the end, like she can, she walks around all snobby and she thinks that like, you know, just like this attitude. And, and I used to like be really thrown off by this and it used to really piss me off. But now I, but I, I try to now just be empathetic and be like, well, she wasn't born like this. Um, she probably went through a lot of bullshit that kind of gave her that attitude. And although I'm not encouraging that, I think it's at least good to and important to acknowledge like, all right, this is what happened. Um, And although I'm not here to like save you, like at the end of the day, like I do want to reach out and say like, yo, like I love you as a Persian man kind of thing. Like we, you know, as we're a Persian community, we need to love each other and support each other. And because a lot of people at the end of the day say, Oh, like, you know, I mean, she's a, so I think we have to kind of start from somewhere. And I think it's important to maybe even start with our women and being like, how are we treating our women? Right. So 
واقعا واقعا and the ad just like one like kind of just to what you said the eurocentric beauty standards are so prominent they're prominent whether you live in the west or not and i think people don't realize how infiltrated these ideals are and how deep rooted they are um i think a lot of i mean i've heard a lot of iranians and this i hope i don't get canceled but like i think a lot of iranians um hold on to this idea of like anciently being from europe or like being being belonging with europeans yeah. whatever like, that means even more recently like um i think it's more within um the new york specifically the new york jewish persian community where there's one um one like group of people that are from mashhad which is a city in iran and they're considered the mashadi community and everyone knows like within the new york jewish persian community that the mashadis think that they're very secluded like basically yes. only marry each other and yep. think that they're higher up because they very recently came from i think like russia so there a lot mm. of them are like paler like blue or green eyes and like it's this whole idea that they're actually european like they're not actually like persian like the rest of us or whatever and they're very you like know, yeah it's very um, like we're literally in the middle east like we are in the middle and so yes like you're going to get iranians that have ginger hair the amount of ginger haired iranians i have seen in the streets of tehran is beyond me I'm like, well, okay, Scotland. But like obviously we're going to come in all shapes, colors and sizes. Hair textures, skin tones, eye colors, nose variations. We're literally in the middle of it. So, you know, these these superiority understandings and these these Eurocentrism, like they 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 infiltrate so deep in the core and they can create so much insecurities for men and particularly for women as well when it comes to how you're seen because if you don't fit in those molds then you are somehow considered to be less than or you're you're considered to feel as though there is something you need to do to fix it to kind of prove yeah. your whiteness whatever you're trying to prove you know Yes. Your white passing this. Um yeah. White passing. I, I related to the video in a lot of ways because I remember growing up um my grandma from my father's side would tell me like don't tan so much like being tan isn't attractive it's more beautiful to be of fair skin or like telling me not to leave my hair natural. I love my hair curly and like I know for a fact anytime I go to an Iranian function I am most likely the only girl with her hair natural like everyone else is blowing mm. out their hair they look great as well but i just mm -hmm. hated that like i made i was made when i was younger like i i was nine years old i had my mom take me to japanese straighten my hair because i hated my curls so much mm. um and i wanted to have straight fun hair like all the white girls mm -hmm. and as i got older i really personally appreciated my curly hair but like people in the community made me feel like Oh, you shouldn't wear your hair curly to a wedding or to any type of fancy function because curly hair is not fancy because curly hair mm -hmm. is not classy. Curly hair is okay for going to the supermarket. Um mm -hmm. so like I still hate that even after I came into my own and even after I learned to really love my curly hair and appreciate it and I actually think I just look better when my hair is curly as opposed to blown out. 
that I was still made to feel that I was like wrong for liking my hair now. Um, the amount of layers, like people forget, like people forget that the Middle East has lots of deeply rooted problematic understandings of colorism, race, and it's, 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 people need to also come into understanding that like these conversations are hurtful. And um, I was also told, why do you tan so much? So much that I had vitamin D deficiency. Cause I was like, ha. And, and now it's like, when you, when you learn to love. And I think, I think Shaheen wanted to like with the nose job element that he brought up is that like, just love, like be in power of your natural Persian Middle Eastern aesthetics you know I mean when you when you come into yourself when you love your curly hair when you love your tan skin when you love your your jaw and your nose and the structures that come with it there is an empowerment in that and um, it's difficult to get there when everywhere is telling you look like this or look like that but like but, also yeah. I want to speak to our listeners that do want nose jobs or boob jobs whatever I am always honest with my listeners I had a nose job I had a boob job. I did things that made me happy. But like mm-hmm. my point to like the listeners, my point to like all the girls out there is that like you shouldn't do things because of what other people are thinking. Mm-hmm. Because like people still mm-hmm. tell me that my curly hair isn't right for special occasions. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to argue with them and be like, but this is how I think. This is what makes yeah. me feel beautiful. And that's all mm-hmm. that matters to me. So mm-hmm. like, yeah, do it if it makes yeah. you happy, but don't feel pressured into doing it. Don't feel like you have to do something because it's what other people are going to like. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's like the yeah, that's like, part of the message that I want to f- like give to everyone else because like I one hundred percent yeah. Really and I always want to be transparent with our listeners. Like I'm never gonna say I didn't do this. Yeah, or I didn't do that. I yeah, did. yeah. Like I remember. Yeah. There was yeah. a girl um from like my hometown that like it was. I'm just gonna say it was very obvious she had a nose job because if you knew her before and you saw her after you it was just very obvious. I remember another girl came up to her at a party. And I was just like on the side, kind of like watching all this happen. I wasn't even part of the conversation. But another girl came up to her at a party. She was like, oh, you look different. Like, what did you do? And she goes, oh, I got a haircut. <laughs> it was very it was very obvious that it wasn't the haircut. But I, I guess some people do it, but still feel ashamed of it or do it mm. and still want to like hide it. My whole mm. idea is like, if you're going to do it. Don't don't feel ashamed. You don't have to feel ashamed. You know, something and, and I love that thing. Uh, something that I've noticed is, uh, well, I mean, I can relate because I never had nose job, though I've been told I should have one by my parents. So I get it, too. But uh, <laughs> but um, I, I tend to notice that a lot of people who say, oh, I wish like I had to say smaller notes like they go get the nose job and they're, they're going to be, and I, I, I'm not saying this applies to you, Natalie, but, uh, but you know, after they get the nose job a few weeks, so maybe a few months, they're like super stoked about it, but now they're like insecure about something else. Like maybe someone told them <laughs> that they're not, maybe they're, maybe someone told them that they're a little, that they're one or two pounds overweight, even though they're not, or maybe someone said something about their eyebrows or, just any random little thing about yourself, they'll like start nitpicking. So it's really like the being insecure about your nose to me is a, is a symptom of a much larger issue. And, and I think like, that's the conversation we should kind of have, right. Is like, um, 
<laughs> it's all good. I'm but sorry, it's, 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 sorry, there's only Wi-Fi in my parents' room right now. <laughs> no, no, it's all. There's my it's all the picture. There's my, my mom would have it. I don't know which one's worse. What is that blowout? <laughs> I tried to, then it's this embarrassing bot mitzvah line. Can you please, can you please zoom in on the bot mitzvah picture? Your blowout is huge. What is going on? That's my natural hair. Thank you very much, Miss. <laughs> <laughs> Those are just the side bangs from 2007. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> I know. I, I do. I do agree with Shaheen on some level that a lot of the time changing one thing about yourself is really just a symptom of like a larger picture. And sometimes it's not, but a lot of the times I feel like it can be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and also, yeah, but like, like, yeah, it's, it's just. Um... <laughs> All sorry, three of us at uh, once. there's still a lot. No, Shaheen, or, go ahead. Okay. Oh, I was going to say, like, um, for example, it's, it, I think like personally, the issue got worse after the revolution, right? Where um, Khomeini came and people wanted Iranians who have such rich history and heritage and they're so prideful in that, that they're trying to show to people that we're nothing like this man, right, Khomeini? And that's true. Like, you know, like that guy yeah. and, what, and what those people represent have nothing to do with Iranian culture. It's really a it's really a different it, culture that religion. they're forcing it's on us. Not, it's right. not the culture of the land. It's literally they took the whole land and made it into like one religion. The land wasn't a religion. The land, the first religion in Iran was um, not uh, Zoroastrian, yeah. right? Zoroastrian was the first. Like, like that religion has nothing to do with Iranians' deep, long history and culture. So yeah, like as you and were saying, there's a lot to say about, and there's also sorry, um, there's a lot to say about the demonization of the the regime. I mean, like rightfully so. There's a lot there too, but there's there's a lot of orientalization that happens, and that gets projected and further. It basically is like a cycle where they do something that's fucked up. They really do. And then the West can, like, takes that and uses it as an olgu, um, as like an example of how, look at these savages, look at these camel riders, you know, like, and then it continues to feed this stereotype. And um, it, it, it just cycles. And um, sorry, that was my little. No, no, she's absolutely right. And, and, and like off what off of what Arla said, like because that happens and they're like, oh, my God, like Khomeini is embarrassing us. Right. So we have to prove our, like, well, this is not what I'm saying, but this is like what others are saying. Like, oh, like we have to prove that we are white and uh, like we look like, you know, we're <laughs> we're more like them. That way people will accept us more and they'll associate like Persian culture with civility because we've been conditioned into yeah. thinking that whiteness is civility and everything to the east is savages and bad yeah. shit animalistic I stuff i don't think i've seen so many people come to america and change their name to something american like i have with persians like why did mm. fairy dune become fred fred like yeah. <laughs> like other people leave their complicated okay i don't know people. do you know like Jews in america <laughs> What do you mean? Everyone is everyone is changing their last name a lot when they come here. But that's I I think that's separate. But, no, that, but those are really good points about. Names. 
Yeah, no, like first I, names I too. Yeah, go to like Jesus any Wikipedia of like a famous Jewish person. They've all, um, or I mean, of course, like, yeah, the, and that goes back to like Russian or German names. But yeah, um, I yeah, mean, I, I do think, yeah, of course, like there is idea anything East is associated with being a savage and things like that. But it's also very much a personal fight. I, I actually mm-hmm. never made that connection that this extreme going all the way to uh, like making these really uh, harsh changes to your body, which is like what we see so much right now in Iran. At least this is what I'm seeing from the media um, and like just prominent like Instagram users and stuff. And I guess it's at yeah, this personal rebellion to have control and say like, oh, I don't care that mm-hmm. this is inappropriate. Like I'm actually going to become the most vulgar version of a female, mm-hmm. like become this hyper woman as a rebellion and I, I at this point like I don't know if they necessarily look uh white or European I think it's the it's layers this, right I think yeah. just finding so, a new ways to express yourself when so many ways of expressing yourself are taken away exactly on that note thank you for bringing it up it's it's and and this is this is something we touched on on the on the song as well is that not only is there like this western idea of beauty but then there is this hyper traditional and conservative idea of beauty that also like the regime pushes and and as an Iranian woman sometimes you might reach a breaking point where you're like well so you want me to be this and you want me to be that but they're at odds with each other and so how Mm -hmm. do I find the space and and I think probably this is something that happens with a lot of um, Iranians outside of Iran that go to Iran and they see kind of like the fashion trends and they're like really taken back because it looks quite strange to them. But it's like you have to understand like the amount of pressures and the layers that are um, presented for people to to kind of get to a point where they're like, well, this is it then. This is my this is my expression. And you know what? That's the right. When you have this many contradicting ideas fighting for your body like something that's you were just born with yeah the pressure the pressure is just enormous mm-hmm. yeah and but then also some, you look at like yeah, oh sorry <laughs> i was gonna say also no. you look at the the culture here and i i think millie can agree with me that like we've both been told on like some occasion that like if we're at a party, like, why aren't you wearing red lipstick? Why mm. are you not wearing any blush? It's like, it has to be so yeah. extreme and it has to be so like, look at me. I'm here. Like, like, uh, one second, I just have to plug in my laptop. I'll be right back. But you guys continue. But it's just like this extremism here of like, you have to be like, like has to be red, has to be overdone. It's like this almost like overdoing of beauty to the point where to me, it's not even beautiful. But Like here, it's almost like the extreme opposite where it's like, well, over there, you have to like hide everything about you, you know, hide your hair, hide your body, you know, and like the less hair you show, the better. But it's almost like the exact opposite is done here where you have to rock like the, like the Persian girls. Like you have to rock the Versace, the Gucci, the Louis V's, the, you know, like the Mercedes and, and nowadays, like, uh, by showing yourself off wearing like super, super, super revealing clothes, like now they're telling you that's empowerment too. And it kind of like leaves like the girl in the middle, like, well, what is it? Right. Am I supposed to be like, and again, it's not my place to say, cause I'm a dude. So I'm not going to tell a girl like what's right. But 
you know, like the girls thinking like, well, should I like show myself off and, and like wear as little as possible or should I be more conservative and show almost nothing except maybe a little strand of hair. And I think like, it's, I think it's frustrating that people always think it has to be one extreme or the other. Right. And it feels like both sides, it's like a pressuring thing. Um, and yeah, I, think I think this transcends. Yeah. No, it's extremely complicated to find what suits you, what your comfort, where your comfort lies. <laughs> and also what we were talking about earlier, like, oh, if you do get those things done, just own it. And it's like, well, how do you do that? How do you get the strength to do it? that? When, when everybody is going, it's like, as women, you kind of, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just got a bit passionate about this bit. No, like, no. You, like whatever you do, you're kind of fucked, right? Mm. If you If you cover up, well, you're such a prude. If you are out and about with something that society thinks is like, large or small or whatever then oh oh you didn't get good genes did you you do something about it oh you did so much about it like why couldn't you just love yourself and like be happy with who you yeah. are show off now and then okay so okay not that not that not that okay let me let me let me show i i have wonderful legs let's say you know what fine my nose is some type of way but my legs are great let me do that show off like why do you have to do that like every decision that you make can be used and and there's so much space for it there's plenty of language to take from whether in english or in farsi and this doesn't this doesn't just include iranian women this is just kind of women um that no matter what you do there's something somebody can say and it's the is the intersectionalities and the different identities of what they're going to say right so they're going to say something different to Jessica than they're going to say to Shirin, you know, but. Um... Yeah. I think when you start to uh, note the absurdity of, of that, of that reality, then yeah. you just start to be like, okay, well, I'm just going to do what makes me happy. So someone's going to find something. Um... But also I think the major issue within the community is that a lot of girls like, this is just, like, a personal story, but um, for a lot of, like, family gatherings, whether it was, like, an engagement or something, um, they would invite, like, a belly dancer to come to the party. And the belly dancer would be in a bra and a long skirt. And all the men would, like, obsess, like, they've never seen a woman before and gather around her and shove dollars in her boobs and her and her belly dancing belt. And I remember as like a little girl, I, I, I think at this specific engagement party, I think like I was like maybe like 10 or something. And my other cousins were like around my age, like eight, nine, 11. And I remember just like looking at her and thinking like, I'm always being told to be this like, like, I don't know what the word, I don't know if it'd be like Najib or like, just like, it's like modest, like be like dress modestly and like be a good girl, blah, blah, blah. But then the, by like the men in my community, but then the men in my community are obsessing over this extremely vulgar looking woman and shoving dollars between her tits in front of the whole family at a party. So like, <laughs> like, I think growing up, it was just like this, like contradictory thing of you're telling me to be one way, yeah. but then you're worshiping a woman that's a completely different way. And, and it, I think it's more like, yeah. like my yeah. future husband, I would want him to like pray what he preaches to my children. I would want, I wouldn't like, if he's going to tell my daughters, like, I wouldn't necessarily tell my daughters that they have to be modest. Like, like I'm more free and whatever, but like, if you're going to tell your daughters to be a certain way, 
praise that, like praise that type of person in front of them. Don't go in the mm. other direction and start praising something else because that's very confusing to girls. Well, it showcases the fact that it's a, it's 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 absurd. It showcases the absurdity of it. The, the I, I think like only has to be modest in communities about controlling the woman, not actually caring if the woman is modest. It's about control. Girl, you said and, like, it. People try to use like religion to like. <clears throat> I don't want to like oversimplify religion, but like. For me, in a lot of ways, I think religion was used um, to control women, but then to be like, no, no, but it's coming from God. Like, no, no, we just want you to be pure and beautiful little princesses. And it's like, it's not like you just used religion to control me, but whatever. That's Absolutely. like my take on it. I mean, the amount of, I'm I'm personally not a religious person. I'm in I'm, I'm spiritual, whatever that means. Um, I would say I'm more spiritual. I'm very cultural. I love culture. But yeah, I wouldn't call myself religious either. So, but one thing I've, I've noticed about organized religion is a lot of who is doing the interpretation. That's it. Wh- whoever is doing the interpretation um, is going to present whichever verse in, in their own in their own light. And depending on the cultures that exist in the times that these interpretations are made, they're going to get swayed and they're going to differ. And so that's why you have some parts of the same religion, different countries, different interpretations. And, and that's, I, I agree that I've seen religion be used in context of control and domination because a lot of times religion has been sitting right on top of patriotic cultures. Like, not yeah, because a lot of religions, only men were allowed to be either like the priest or the yeah. rabbi or whatever it is. It was only men. And men were making yeah. the rules that guided women's bodies. Men were making the rules that like guided like the structure of families. Like the patriarchy. So, yeah, women didn't there. have a say. The patriarchy yeah. was there. And, and 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 whichever doctrine was being interpreted, it was interpreted in the in the lens and the eyes of the culture that it was bestowed upon. And so, if the culture was dominant male patriarchy, then a lot of that interpretation comes forward. I mean, this is ultra ultra simplified and very opinionated of me. I mean, I'm not. Yeah, I mean, don't worry. Like, the whole point of this podcast is to have opinions. Like nobody's getting canceled on this. <laughs> but me and Millie have a million opinions, and we always say it's up to the listeners to want to hear them out mm. and listen to them. It's not like we're trying to tell anyone else how to live mm. their life. Um, but these, but are yeah, opinions. I, I was I was reading the Bible for one of my classes. Um, and I just, I hadn't read the Bible before. And I, I so I don't have any historic upbringing of, of, of attachments of the sorts. So it, to me, it was just the text, the, the text before me. And there was a lot of gendered language that for someone that hadn't read it was like very shocking. I'm like, okay, so then her sister couldn't get pregnant but she's your wife. So you, so then you're going to go and okay. Okay. It was very, it was very, to me, the first thing that popped off to me was the gendered aspect of it. And I'm sure in, in other religions, similar suits follow. Um, and it's interesting to have like an eye out for the gendered languages. 
and the interpretations. Uh, Sean, um, I actually uh, have a question for you. Oh, sorry, Millie. No, 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 go ahead. No, because I, I was gonna say, um, like we talk a lot about on the podcast, obviously, because this Persian girl podcast, we talk about a lot of the things that like Persian women go through. And in this song, um, you're focusing <laughs> on what Persian women go through. But we do have a lot of men commenting um, to us saying like, yeah, women um, are told that they have to like meet a certain standard of beauty and whatnot. But like, what about the men that are all pressured? We we can't just be artists. We can't just mm. um, live life to do what makes us happy. We mm. have to make money because no Persian woman wants to marry a man without yeah. money. Yeah. Um, so you said that you did have a song like in the beginning when you first started writing, I guess, uh, called like Gold Digger or whatever. So like you have focused on in the past on the struggles that men go through as well in regards to like the pressures of making money and the pressures of being successful uh, within um, the community. Well, Persian Gold Digger, I, I wasn't talking about like, um, I wasn't talking about like what men go through like that was to me that was just me kind of making fun of persian girls like it was meant to be like a funny oh. kind of like i'm, I'm, I'm kind of roasting you guys like a satire um, type of but i think like towards the end of the song i did kind of get more serious and i said something like uh back in the 80s our parents were debating later ended up immigrating decided to have a baby another life in the making away from the devastating iranian revolution led by khomeini now we hate our culture, do anything to be white, uh, embarrassed by television, telling us what we're like. Uh, so I, I so I was always trying to say that this is rooted in us wanting to disassociate ourselves with um, the government, like Iranian government, as we should, because we're not we're nothing like the government. But I think we've taken it to extreme measures sometimes that's hurtful. Um, as what you said about like the pressures that men feel, I think this is when uh, feminism gets a little too, uh, again, there's like a little nuance to it where like women will say, or like a lot of self-proclaimed feminists. And by the way, I, I identify as like an ally to the feminist movement. So I'm in no way trying to put the movement down. I, I support it, but there are well, There's times a lot where, of like, movements. There's a lot of, all of them. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So like, I think like, I think what, what and it, it is, shouldn't it has like, nothing to do with what men go through it's just like a separate conversation yeah 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 and i think you know sometimes i i mean i don't even know if this is like a persian thing but i guess sometimes persian men will feel pressured to come off a certain way to women and this is not because of i don't know if this is because of i don't think it's because of feminism but for example like you we talk about how women are expected to be like quote unquote modest and look like this and act like that. At the same time, men are pressured to come off as that quote unquote alpha male and to kind of out alpha your friends. And, uh, you know, like, and it is like to an extent, like sometimes like you will hear a feminist talk about, oh, like I want my boyfriend to be sweet and do this and do that. And a guy will do those things and it turns out like, oh, I just see you as a friend. And then some other asshole tells that guy, well, that's because you're too nice. You need to be an asshole. But the feminist is saying something else. The asshole is saying something else. Neither of them, which are actually correct. And, uh, and I think like, that's some of like the pressures that like men feel like, what are we like, what is our role? 
because um, in today's world where feminism is becoming a, a thing, which is good, um, like we, we see a lot of women taking up man, more mas- traditionally masculine roles, whether that's in the workplace or in the family. So I think now men are sitting here kind of like, well, okay, if women are taking our roles, what are we supposed to do, right? Um, so th- I'm not saying that's what I believe, but I've been like, uh, I used to be really close with some uh, more men's movements where I kind of will go into their circles and listen to what they're saying. And those are some like real pressures. No, yeah. that's interesting to hear about. We don't get to hear any of that, but I also, what I wanted to ask earlier, um, since, you know, we do talk about dating a fair amount on our podcast. I was curious Mm -hmm. about your experiences with dating (laughs) Persian women um, and also Mm -hmm. what you've noticed or maybe maybe they were super chill and they had no adversities. I don't know. But (laughs) what would you say was, you know, we talk about these two extremes in the song, either it's like this pressure to, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you have to wear like a Cartier love bracelet and like look sexy mm-hmm. or in this mm-hmm. other way be Hanum and covered up and religious mm-hmm. perhaps um, I don't know what were some some yeah. of your observations and- now I feel bad because um, I'm making like Persian women sound like a case study but it's fine I'm a Persian <laughs> woman I can do it <laughs> no uh, like Persian men are a case study too so you're all good but definitely um, yeah we're um, all I mean yeah I'm, <laughs> we're all as a, <laughs> yeah i um yeah i i only date persian slash iranian that's just my thing i believe that uh person like personally if, if i'm rooting for iranian beauty it'll be super hypocritical of me to you know date a white girl and then tell iranians like hey love yourselves right so like i i go out of my way specifically to like i'm i'm only emotionally attracted to iranian women that being said like uh my T- it tends to be that like the Iranian girls that I meet, uh, I-, I mean, I don't want to sound cliche, but they do. A lot of them are not the typical Persian girl. Like, <laughs> they don't like, I know, like, I know that sounds cliche, but like the ones that I've always been with, they don't dress in all black. They don't want the nose job and um, they don't come off as like, well, no, that, that doesn't sound good, but um, no, you know what I mean? Like they don't, like they I guess like the one Gucci belt. exactly. So Honestly, like, maybe and... the typical Persian girl is a dying breed. <laughs> they would have killed them all. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, we... It is a case study. What happened to the Persian girl? No, don't yeah. come to Beverly Hills or Great Neck. You'll Beverly. still they're yeah, alive def- and well. I promise. Sorry, I definitely uh, plan love you guys. On, I, I'm trying to move to LA actually within the next few months. Um, but why? but but what's that i said why <laughs> why uh just because uh well for my for my own music career uh i feel like because my primary audience is iranians uh no I, I we're just bothering out. you sorry sorry yeah okay go back to no, your no no okay <laughs> um but what was my experience i don't know i t- i tend to date the ones that weren't as insecure um, so that's just what I attracted into my life. But um, I even like after that, though, however, I do occasionally like I'll have flings with these Iranian girls who 
she's like, oh my god, like her Louis purse is so pretty, and uh, I mean, I, I try, I try my best not to make fun of her, but uh, <laughs> but but it's all out of love too, you know. Like uh, she knows I'm kidding, but I try also not to mansplain, you know. Yeah, well, I guess it's interesting because it's there isn't. The experience of dating an Iranian girl, it's not like others, you know, when you're dating them, either it's a secret or you have to meet their family. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was a whole thing. That So she was Jewish, by the way, too, from Great Neck. Bata. So I dated the whole like Persian Jewish thing. And she it was a, it was like a big deal. Like they were not allowed to find out about me. I hung out with her entire family and they just thought I was her friend. And uh, and it was like that for two years. And her, what? like I, I would hang out with her brother and her brother would have no idea. Like and it was it, it wow. got it kind of got it kind of got annoying after a while. And she had some big, balls was, bringing you to her home. Yeah. And then say, oh, my friend. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like it wasn't to her house. It was more like they'd go on like family trips and she'd invite a few friends. And I was one of her few friends. Right. So it was like one of. <laughs> yeah it was and uh but her she would like have nightmares like oh my god what if they find out oh my god they would disown me like you're not jewish like you know how bad this is like and she would actually have like this internal struggle like am i going against my own people by doing this right like so that i actually kind of that was kind of interesting too just to see that like that even when you date amongst your own culture there's still differences there's still cultural differences within your own culture mm-hmm. um yeah, yeah we literally sure. just did an episode about this yeah i mean um, i i think i think especially um, as like two persian jewish girls here speaking um i think persian jews because they've been prosecuted so much like throughout history they do um they do have like a hierarchy of first I am Jewish and then I am Iranian. So I think that's what it is for like the Persian Jewish communities that they like, when you've been attacked so much and when you've been persecuted so much in all different types of lands throughout the history of the world, it makes you want to hold on to it more. You know what I mean? So I think that's right. like where it comes from. I, I can personally speak about from the other side, because I, I understand your side and it does suck as someone that meets a girl and you guys form a connection and then she tells you like you're not like quote unquote enough for her family like I went through something like that recently and it it is hard and it it sucks it's shitty (laughs) so yeah but um yeah definitely no definitely definitely no and and you know what she she told me something interesting and by the way what you said about like yeah because you said like Jewish girls are always attacked so they like hold on to their identity I think it's like the same thing with you. Well, like me as an Iranian, like if I didn't have a bunch of people when I was younger calling me a sand N word and all these different kind of things, like I don't think I actually called you that. Oh yeah, yeah, etiquette. But like, I realized like a bubble growing up, like like being Persian and Jewish growing up for me was just so normal because everyone around me was the same thing as me. I never. I never like experienced that. And like, I think it's so horrible that you had to experience that. And that's someone that's so, referred to that way. In Connecticut, there is a Persian bubble, right? Like I did go to Mehmunis when I was younger and stuff. Like that was a thing. But 
when I when it came to like going to school every day, like none of there was none of that, right? Um, but yeah, I live in like in a in a rural suburb, so like my neighborhood's a suburb, but you drive two minutes that way, and you just see it's like a forest. So like that's where all like the rednecks live and shit. Like you go down there and you see like Trump signs everywhere, right? And uh, you know stuff like that. So um, I remember like when I was in a, I think ninth or tenth grade, I did the I did the culture fair, right? And me and some of my white friends like rep, we got to like represent Iran, right? And they printed, they gave us stickers, like like uh, stickers of the flag of Iran. And uh, every 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 culture got like a bunch of stickers that they can just give out to people. And, uh, I rem- I'll never forget like this one dude, uh, in the same grade as me, he's like, yo dude. And I wasn't friends with him or anything, but he's like, yo dude, can I have one of those stickers? I'm like, yeah, here you go. He literally took it in front of me, like threw it on the ground and like stomped on it. Um, and I, I tried to play it off. Cool. Like, all right, whatever. Right. So it was just like these little things that I went through, like a lot of those little things. Like I was never physically assaulted for being who I was, but um when it came to like a lot of those smaller things like yeah like that was like every day um even like the weird comments i mean yeah the micro it's the microaggressions for me would continue no no i was saying like uh even like i had the same because i took latin class for three years in high school and i had the same teacher for three years in a row and the the dude was like every thanksgiving Hey Shaheen, uh, that's how they say like white people. They say Shaheen. They can't say Shaheen. They say Shaheen. Hey Shaheen, uh, you celebrate Thanksgiving, right? I'm like, uh, yes, Mr. Dunbeck, I do. One year later, <laughs> she. By the way, I, I, do you celebrate Thanksgiving? Uh, yes, Mr. Dunbeck, I do. And it's like, why wouldn't I celebrate Thanksgiving? This is like a traditional American holiday that it's, it's not just white people, right? Like this is. No, I mean, you can it's make an argument that thanks. That like, like how, yeah, you, sorry. yeah. No, he's I mean, you can. You. He's just like othering you. He's like, mm, mm, do you celebrate Thanksgiving? Like, are you a yeah. real American? I can are understand you, you asked that. Real American? Shit. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, I'm saying honestly, though, like, I am sympathetic. And I'm like, well, honestly, like, people are ignorant and they don't choose to be that, you know? So, uh it's just like what you're exposed to at the end of the day so i i do like so if you ask one time i can sympathize with it and educate it and be like yeah you know we celebrate we have family friends over and we like to mix persian food you know with us it's like with like a side of turkey right yeah um yeah like, that's what he that's what iranians <laughs> well, make on thanksgiving <laughs> yeah so um but anyway yeah it was just like a bunch of little things like that i used to like experience growing up and yeah, uh, I guess sometimes like I don't realize the privilege I had of like growing up in a community where I was the norm. It was almost like it was never I don't know, it was just so normal to be Persian that like it was almost like popular wild. to be Persian. It was almost that, like that is wild. That is wild. Like um, I, I never like the more I speak to people, the more we have people on this podcast that come from towns or states or whatever where there aren't a lot of Iranians the more I realize like almost the privilege of like growing up in a <laughs> community right. where all Iranian because it was I almost envy cool you. To be Iranian. it was almost like I envy you yeah yeah I guess like I, not only like, you always think the grass is greener somewhat somewhere else like I always thought like oh I wish I grew up in a town where like nobody knew who I was because like everyone's always in my business I always hated it so much but like 
I guess mm. sometimes like you realize there are benefits to me, it. Me and Arla, we, we, when we were both in LA, we spent one day walking across Westwood. Uh, and I was like, Westwood, LA. And I was like, we, we would see like a, like a newspaper on the ground with like Farsi written on it. And me and Yarla were like, yo, what the fuck? That's so cool. <laughs> like, I, I can't even read Farsi, but I was like, like triggered yeah. in a good way. I'm like, yo, this is cool. <laughs> and like, you know, we, we, there were like, there were like Persian bookstores, like, of like a Persian, even like a, something as little as like a Persian grocery store that sold Lavashat. Yeah, and Jordan and, Market. That's where it's at. Yeah, Re- Jordan Recently Market. Love walking, plug, not yeah. sponsored. Love Jordan yeah. Market. The best selection. <laughs> of I was walking in Great Neck, like walking my dog, and like I look down, and there's like a bottle of like duh, like an empty bottle, just yeah. like on the floor, and I'm like, that's how you know you're yeah. Great Neck. Uh, it's actually yeah. really interesting. Um, the I mean, um, Millie, I'm not sure if you also experienced the inclusion of being around an Iranian space, but like, I think Shaheen, you were in the white people town and you guys were more in, in like a Persian community. And the funny thing is I was, cause I was in Brooklyn and in New York, I was also around a diverse group of people, but that didn't shield away the othering which was, it was funny because it wasn't like white people doing the othering. It was other people of color that were doing the you othering. You grew up in Brooklyn? For like three years from like fifth grade to seventh grade, I was there. Those were traumatic years, but a lot happened. Yeah, um, for every, literally worst years of my life. I know, right? Am and I- yeah, I was in a Persian community, but it wasn't like, it wasn't cool to be Persian. Mm-hmm. It's like it's the layers and it's really it's really interesting to me to to hear the different how all, all of us were in different pools. Um, but why how- wouldn't it be cool to be Persian, right? Like I that's like like why run away from a heritage that founded human rights and built a civilization from the ground up? Like, you know, like we started all that and mm-hmm. like you know like the, the Persians. <laughs> We have, yeah, you know, and, and, and like, it, and I think it's like Laz Jobrani. It's like two, I don't know how many. We had an empire. <laughs> we had an empire. It's like, <laughs> it's like, um, like, I, you know, I obviously, as someone who's like involved with like hip hop culture, like, I listen to the conversations that Black people have within themselves. And like something that like Malcolm X and Farrakhan and the Nation of Islam and these like predominantly Black groups would say is like, we were kings right like the african mm-hmm. egyptian kingdoms and and they would use this like use these kind of an historical analogies to raise the self-esteem of their community and saying like yeah. we could be so much better than like what white people make us look out to be and and white and white people have conditioned you in so much into hating yourselves that you're trying to be like them yeah. that's what malcolm x would say and that's and when he said that that's the first I, I think that's when I really started getting into like more of this Iranian cultural nationalism thing I'm like well we're Persians like they should want to be like not when I say they I'm not talking about black people but I'm not talking about like I'm talking about white people like they should want to be us you know what I mean like they why do we have to want to be them <laughs> like I, well, I like so I- I think recently it is quote unquote cooler to be of like an ethnic background. Like even I look now, like, okay, recently I was on, um, 
I was on a boat party for this DJ Satori. And he, at the end of his set, for the closing of his set, he played um, this one, this one DJ took Gola Sangam and made it mm. into like a techno, uh, well, not you techno, but it's like this. a, yeah. And, and Satori played it for the end of his set. He played Gola Sangam, but um, the the DJ that recreated the song into like a newer version called it Stoneflower. And like, I think it's so beautiful. Like you see not just Iranian music, but a lot of Middle Eastern sounds and music being used in new music now. And like, it is, um, I think times are changing. I think it is becoming cooler and more accepted to be ethnic and interesting and different. Um, so I, I just get so excited when I hear, every time I hear Stoneflower, every time I hear that song, mm. I just like get so excited. Cause I'm like, oh my God, I understand this. Like, this is like my culture being brought back and being appreciated. Yeah. Could you send it's me like- I'd love to hear this song. Oh yeah, for sure. It's one of my favorite songs. Actually, if you go on uh, Persian Girl Podcast Instagram page, there's a video of me and Millie pretending to DJ to the song mm-hmm. uh, "Stoneflower Gola Sangam." It's really great. So you can go look at that. But I'll also send you the link to it. And when yeah, I just quickly, it, I, I had multiple people who sorry, I had multiple people who, who like follow the podcast, who follow my personal page, like message me and be like, "Oh my god, like what is this version of Gola Sangam? Like you have to send it to me." It's fire. It was fire. Yeah. Um, kind of seems uh, counterintuitive to go into this cycle. I don't know. I just don't think it's right either to or productive to speak so harshly about quote unquote white people like, oh, no, I didn't mean about black people. But it's like the white people. You know what I mean? Because now we're just going to go into this cycle. Right. Like, I don't think we should be speaking about any other group that way. Um, I so I just feel like that's the trend I'm seeing a lot in the way that people speak. And it's like, wait, but isn't that the reason that we're angry? Like, why are we doing that now? Yeah. Um, I hear because you. there's like I, I hear so you. much hatred now. So I mean, yeah, and, and there's a lot of people saying like, oh, like white racism, and then a lot of people backlashing it, being like, Oh, you can't be racist towards white people, which I think is also an unfair thing to say because you can. Um, I'm one of those people. <laughs> um, <laughs> entitled to their own opinion. But no, yeah. yeah, I mean, um, it's fair enough. I think I think the thing that gets it confusing is that it's very much dependent on like your vocabulary. So I guess it's like a vocab war. I mean, I guess the difference is racism versus prejudice. And I think on the other side, the argument made is that institutionally speaking, you cannot be racist to a white person because they have the monopoly over the power and domination. You can definitely be prejudiced. Absolutely, you can be prejudiced. Like you can be very much wrong, but you can't systematically as a person of color, systematically oppress a white person or be racist towards a white person. You can be really mean and judgmental and and and, and, and you guys can have your own opinion and disagree, but this is just kind of where the side's coming from. And so it, it, it's, um, it's a, institutional aspect of it but well it's a good thing none of us are institutions (laughs) i don't want that (laughs) i don't want that responsibility um but wanted to kind of give in closing notes from you guys or last message to the listeners um you know thank you for having us on um i've known you i've known about you guys for a while uh I've had like some people talk about you guys before I discovered you. So this is actually kind of cool to be on this. So I really appreciate 
just have you just being honest and talking about this. I mean, like I said, this is a topic when it comes to like Persian women and like some of the insecurities that they go through. And even as Persian men, what we go through, what I talked about earlier, it's, it's something I'm really passionate about. So like making this song was like really fulfilling. I know Arla feels the same way. And I have a lot of songs like in the future about similar topics as well that I'm excited to show. But um, I guess something I, uh, you know, and, and something I want to say, and it's what Arla said earlier is like, yeah, I, I can't save you. Like I'm not, I don't have that ability. And, um, you know, I, I can't really pretend to be like a knight in shining armor or like, a, a, I'm sure there's like feminist terms for it, right? Like the mansplainer <laughs> or the, or, or, you know, like, yeah, I, I understand, like, it's, it's a very complicated issue, but I mean, I think like Iranian women are the most like, and maybe this is just my own personal opinion, but like, I do think they are the most beautiful in the world with their natural nose, even with their nose job. That's cool too. I like it respect, but I don't think that, uh, modifications uh, is what you need to get you to the next level, right. Of self-love. So um, that's just my opinion. And um, I hope you guys enjoy the track. I hope you enjoy the music video. And um, thank you. Uh-huh. And if, if I could give my, my little two cents, I wanted to also thank you guys so much for having us and for sharing with us and for this open dialogue and vulnerability. There's a lot of lots of personal identities involved in being an Iranian woman and sharing. And, and so I want to thank you for providing that space and, and speaking and hearing me and, and Shaheen. I'm so excited for this song. Honestly, like it has been one of the most enjoyable creative experiences that I, I have done. And um, just to go to LA and, and meet Ava and Shayan, it was so brilliant to be around creative Iranians, the community, and to be able to finally give something back. Um, it, it's, it's a wonderful experience. And I thank you for amplifying, amplifying the song that we've created um, and sharing it in your platform as well. No, thank you. It was wonderful to hear what went what to was behind the music. And of course, share where you can find Atusa, et cetera. Yeah. Spotify. Yeah, um, <laughs> Spotify, it'll be Spotify, Apple Music, any music platform that exists. The music video will also be on YouTube. Uh, on Spotify, it's just uh, my name. So S-H-A-H-E-E-N, Shaheen. Um, so just feel free to just follow me there. And, um, you know, I hope you listen to it. Yeah, and it's it's such a powerful, I just want to like point out to the listeners that it's such a powerful music video and to not just listen to the song, but to also watch the music video because I really loved it. Thank you so much. Um, That's the Thank you. That's the Thank you guys on. Thanks. Thanks. It was so lovely. Well, I'm uh, <laughs> uh, All right. Bye, guys. All right. Take care, guys. Good office.